Welcome to the Post Sunday Post Sunday Post Sunday Podcast, providing you with pastor commentary on the previous message and resources for further study, all for the expansion of the gospel and the edification of God's church. So, uh, I'm so uncomfortable on these things. Oh, so glad. So I can't even go like this? No, stay on it. I have That's to okay. look at that. I'm Listen, addressing if that. If you're talking to me, just touch me on the shoulder. You, actually, and then if you're talking to Bethany, I'll touch her on the shoulder. <laughs> and then we'll go back and forth like that. But don't dare look at one another because move the mic may not pick us up. Move your eyes. It's, it's picking you up so you don't have to really project. Or just point. You can rub my leg up and down like you were well, doing during the last podcast. Apart. My shoes aren't going to make it through <laughs> yeah. the day, actually. If you're talking to Joel, just do this when you're talking. Oh well, welcome again to the Post Sunday Podcast. Uh, my name is Joel. I'm joined once again by Bethany Lay, Pastor Joey, and Pastor Sean. Good afternoon, guys and lady. Uh, so Sean preached this past sermon uh, to finish off the When We Pray sermon series. <laughs> Sorry, he has horse blinders on right now and trying to just look straight. Um, did a great job ending the sermon series, ending it with "Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil." Uh, and I, so in did my, did you really think that? I that did. Was a great job. No, I actually Still thought it was terrible. It was terrible. I saw you. I saw you and Joanna laughing a lot and talking during my sermon. No, we weren't. Okay. Oh, you're so busted. I see. Hold on. He's very disruptive. What? Hold on. Let's go. So I don't even know if you heard my sermon, but let's keep going. Poor Joel. Poor Joel. Just roasted. Um, So I I wanted to open up for you if you wanted to add anything else to kind of like to hit the nail on the coffin of this was my sermon, this was the sermon series. Kind of give you an opportunity to sum everything up. Nope, I'm good. Let's keep going. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, So, um, yeah, I mean, again, I've summed it up many times, I think, but I just, uh, you know, one of the things that Pastor Andrew, I think, introduced to us as a staff when he first got here is for, I don't know, over a year during our staff prayer times, he would finish and we'd pray the Lord's Prayer. And I have never really been in a setting where that was common. So I really enjoyed that. And it and it kind of began to make me think more about the Lord's Prayer. And then I wanted to talk to the church and teach the church on prayer. And since that's the model Jesus gave us, I wanted to m- make sure that as we prayed that prayer, we had a broader understanding of, of what we're praying. So... Um, so yeah, I mean that was the purpose of the series. I have really enjoyed personally studying it, and and uh, I just hope that my, the congregation and you guys as small group leaders, just uh, as we pray and and the expectation in the gospel in Matthew six is that we are praying. Right. Um. Yeah, I mean, if it's any encouragement, uh, one of the so this past Sunday in our small group time, one of the guys was was saying how it was. It was really cool to um, how the sermon series really helped him to think about prayer in the sense of kind of the the way you go through it, like how the Lord's Prayer is God's attributes and first, and then what our needs kind of thing. So you start with who God is first, and he said that's been really great for his prayer life as since the sermon series has started, and that's you know going to be something going forward. And so that was really cool for me to hear that like that was super tangible, but also pretty quick. And he was able to pick that up. And I think a lot of people, more, more than we might even know, uh, in the small groups and in our congregation have taken that to heart. So. Yeah. It's good. Some of my takeaways from it have, have been 
um, I mean, it, I, I, I've seen this as um, really hitting on core issues that are distorted in the local church often. And so, um, you know, you kind of spend time in the sermon series on God our Father, God the Consuming Fire, and, and that kind of dynamic, uh, that tension there, uh, I think was really healthy for our church to wrestle with, talk through, I think, uh, working through um, kingdom come will be done and really painting this picture of being a part of a, this successful plan that is the Great Commission it can help fuel our passion for evangelism, which I know is something we're really going to emphasize in 2018, which I think is uh, sets a healthy tone for us, uh, talking through um, Christ as uh, our daily bread. Uh, we've heard in circles we run with it, that's been a big takeaway f- for a lot of folks, yeah. uh, is daily feasting on Christ, yeah. um, uh, working through the dynamics of forgiveness uh, all the way till, to the, um, the conclusion this, uh, this week. I think all uh, is, has been helpful to, uh, I think we've covered a lot of ground. You see how much ground you're able to cover in such a small, small discourse yeah. that Jesus gives. And so there's so much meat there that right. I really think because we were, we took six solid weeks combing through just a few verses, we really were able to cover a lot of ground. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and hopefully Coastal is, the Lord's really used that to, I mean, God's Word doesn't return void, so I know yeah. the Lord is, is using that to, uh, to help Coastal submit her thinking more to the authority of the scripture. So, And you, you and I talked about this last week, I think, that um, the idea that, like when I do a book of the Bible and you do 1 Corinthians and you, you don't want to, I don't want to spend a year in it, right? So then you have to go, okay, how do I do this in 12 or 14 or 16 weeks? And you essentially give an entire sermon to an entire chapter, mm. which means you can't cover nearly as much as you need to cover so you're always thinking through what do i what you, am i neglecting, what am I neglecting right. which is a large chunks so um so this gave us the opportunity to focus in which was was excellent as yeah. well refreshing refreshing yeah do you have anything that you, i was about to ask that oh, were you my bad it's what's my job are you moderating this <laughs> yeah i am bethany do you have anything i feel like i i feel like i can't move <laughs> i like that i, I like feel really awkward today i, I mean i always am you're i am awkward now i feel awkward I'm glad. So your feelings are catching up to, yeah, to what the rest of you experience. It's yes. finally complete. You look yeah. like it's painful. It, I like it. I you feel like you got a kink in your It neck. does feel like it's painful. <laughs> I'm so happy right now. Man. Uh, You're already I can't wait till this is over. That's how, how uncomfortable it is I'm for so me. I'm so happy. <laughs> so the only thing I think I would add is that um, <clears throat> what I enjoyed is it kept bringing us back to a place of humility um, and yet, incredible intimacy. Those those two tensions that we started off with, you know, our Father, hallowed be your name, but it's, you know, Daddy and hallowed be your name all at the same time. But right. then each layer that we went through just reminded us to be humble, mm. that he is the one who provides everything for us. We can't even forgive other people without the work of the Holy Spirit. Right. And so just that intimacy and humility that was a constant reminder over six weeks um, was was a good um, habitual thing to do. Right. That's a really good point. I think from my perspective, just as um, someone... You're do- moderating, though. <laughs> so. On that note, I guess we'll just go to questions. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I just from someone more involved with the musical side of it, it was really cool to. You can't help yourself. Oh my god! <laughs> Finish. I'm, I'm just, kidding. Oh we god. love you, Joel. Uh, it was cool to plan with the other music leaders uh, sets around aspects of the Lord's Prayer. Like that was really cool. Um, it was encouraging to see that there are already been some songs that kind of deal with that. Not just hey, we're singing the Lord's Prayer, but aspects of the Lord's Prayer fleshed out, but it was also encouraging to me to think about as a songwriter thinking, there are aspects of the Lord's Prayer not fleshed out in song, at least to not to my knowledge. So I could think about working on songs like that or looking for songs in different, you know, from different artists that might have done that. And so it was just really cool to, to couple the preached word with the sung word of kind of on the concept of the Lord's Prayer. So it was really cool. Yeah, I enjoyed that too. I mean, finishing the teaching like the week that stuck out to me I think was your kingdom come your will be done and then singing closing with your king like understanding hey these people are about to sing what we just unpacked right hopefully with a renewed or new understanding yeah so. why don't you uh, sing a couple of lines for us <laughs> <laughs> he's already in pain don't put him through more oh my gosh all right so let's if anyone does have anything else to add that would pain the hearers <laughs> oh man I love you so much all right so this I could tell at the time, Joey, you told me from the stage to essentially while stop leading. while leading. Did you do that? Yeah, I did. When yeah. Was he, he was singing Years ago. really loud, and it was throwing me off. <laughs> like it was, I was trying to lift the congregation. But what does that say about you? And I felt like I was, like his, he was singing really off tempo, and he was singing really out of key. And that was, it was like a knife jabbing me in my ear over and over, and I couldn't concentrate on leading. Did you not have your headphones, earphones This in? is prior to that. This is when oh, we went. And that's no. This is back reason, when. That's the reason why I decided to go to in-ears. Was <laughs> it, was <so> like, <laughs> it was Sean Brown. It was Sean. Oh I'm like, he, he ain't ever going to sit on the back row. He's always got to sit on the front row, so I got to get in-ears. So the first question is more of a response, and I'm kind of inviting all of you guys to um, to – touch on this. And so the response was, um, in response to Sean's sermon, this is the statement. It's not that they're not born again. The continual shame feeling is caused by a lack of knowledge of how grace truly works. It is also that they don't truly believe Christ has completed everything. You're claiming that we still need to do more. The shame feeling goes away when we truly believe Christ has done everything for our salvation. And could you address that? So do you guys, could you guys speak into that statement? Uh, I mean, it's for me the statement's a little bit confused. But so let me hit on a couple a couple points. First of all, I completely agree the gospel is com- a completed work that um, w- once we are saved, uh, we it's the doctrine of justification, it's declared righteousness. So we are saved from beginning to end, from justification all the way to glorification. Right. And uh, so so with that, I I couldn't agree more. And hopefully. You know, maybe maybe there was some confusion in my teaching, which can happen. So um, certainly, don't want to create confusion that there's nothing more we add to our salvation. I did spend some time on the idea of. Um. I really, I was challenging churchgoers to work out their salvation with fear and trembling. I think was the intent of, you know, if there's a habitual sin that. There's never any progress to let's let's start with this is a sp- spiritual battle 
um, which you first need to be born again, which is, of course, the work of the Spirit, and then we respond to the work of the Spirit through repentance and faith. So I was just giving, uh, and because the question is asked and answered in the context of a Pharisee who uh, surely by all the standards of the day, people would have thought he's going to heaven. And I don't think Nicodemus is saved at the time. I think Nicodemus shows back up around John 20. Is that right? Do you know Joey or Bethany? Uh, Where he helps, uh, he's a part of burying Christ, um, I believe. So I do think he does become a follower of Christ. I mean, hints at that at least. But but at this point, I don't think Nicodemus is a is saved or he's not a believer. So uh, so I was just trying to challenge the church body that you can be religious, you can come to church every week, and not not be born again. And then and so then you're dealing with your sin from a fleshly standpoint of man, mm-hmm. I. I'm working to attempt to overcome something that requires a spiritual nation, that requires the work of the Holy Spirit for you to right. even begin repentance and faith. Um, and then if I were to pull in 2 Corinthians 7, where Paul says, you know, there is two kinds of shame and grief, and one leads to repentance, and one le- leaves us not unchanged and just feeling bad mm-hmm. and... Um, you know, and so, you know, I we, you I think you said this this morning in our training time that Pastor Joey gave us on counseling, Joel, that, you know, um, there's always tensions that we have to walk through with people. So um, there's some people you have to remind them that what Pastor Joey spent a lot of time on last week, that our sins are forgiven as far as the East is from the West, right? right. And then there's sometimes we need to remind ourselves, man, let's not take sin too casually because it came at a high cost. And right. I think... You have to know which points of those of that gospel to preach to your either your own heart or to another person right. at the right time. So, so whenever you're teaching on one to the neglect of the other, it doesn't mean you believe in the neglect of the other. It right. just means you're spending some time on one particular point. And right. so, um, so, so one of the things I say in preaching is if you try to say everything, you don't say anything. And so Very true. You, you sometimes have to pick, not sometimes, you always pick what you're going to neglect and preach on a particular piece. So, yeah, I hope that helps. I, that was, no, that was very good. Thanks, man. I mean, I think the biblical perspective is there's the tension. And so I know we talked some about this last week. So some of this, um, whoever, you know, wrote in that, that response can check out even last week's podcast. Cause I think it, there's some relevance there. Um, but, uh, we, um, we don't need to build a theology based off of a reaction from baggage from false teaching. Right. And so uh, to hear that there needs to be work or effort, work out your salvation, a discussion about sanctification, progressive sanctification, growing in Christ's likeness, all of that stuff is not a workspace salvation. And if that's what you go to, then you need to allow the word to reshape your thinking and right. def- your de- definition of terms. And so, um, uh, uh, so, so there needs to be, uh, an, uh, some, uh, uh, humility in the sense of, I, we can, f- again, I, I know this discussion was a little bit last week, but fall on either side of the ditch right. and, and falling on either side of the ditch is workspace salvation is, is one side of the ditch uh, which is what we know is legalism. The other side of the ditch is hyper grace, which is the gospel is finished. Uh, what do I uh, uh, what do I do this out of eternity now that uh, I'm a Christian? Well, nothing. You can't do anything. You just do nothing. Right. right? Th- that's 
both of those are wrong and both of those are rooted in a legalistic perspective and um, and we need the middle ground, which is Christ has made us positionally right with God, which Sean communicated clearly on Sunday. Uh, and now we have the capacity because of the Holy Spirit living in us to work out our own salvation with him, uh, with fear and trembling. Mm. And uh, can you say so, that thing you said in the beginning, the theology of the back, the baggage, the theology from a result of the baggage? Yeah, I mean, you don't want to build a theology based off of baggage that you brought from mm. bad. That's teaching. nice. Oh. It was just nice. It was good. It was nice. It was, you could. That's a good phrase. There we go. You really like that. I really did. I wanted to stomp you. I and copyrighted it, so you can't oh. you can't use it again unless you pay me royalties. So, sorry. Too bad. Um, the but Sean, you were bringing up Second uh, Corinthians seven. Can I look at you? Uh, I prefer not because it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, Second Corinthians seven. I know that's a favorite of yours. Well, you got to bring me back in, and I was trying. Well, because to you, you know, oh, what were you deferring to me? Was there well, a you question? You brought it up originally. What he just, he just you brought, brought up? Second I felt like I. Seven. Yeah. What about it? Yeah. <laughs> What's but, it to okay. you? Because I, well, I, I said that in my answer. Yeah. I brought up my answer, so yeah, I'm confused. No, Bethany, no, no, I'm. Oh my gosh! How about we just open up, Bethany? Would you like to add? <laughs> All right, let's go from here. Let's edit. Edit that piece. No, it's it staying in. Oh, okay. So I picked up on the baggage thing too, and I think. Um, one thing that I learned that kind of helped me to, I put a diagram together. I know you can't see what I'm doing with my hands, but basically, um, so, really helpful. you know, you accept the gospel. Sean's made that your baggage by making fun of how we exactly use our hands. Exactly right. Yeah. So, you know, we accept the gospel and obedience is actually an overflow of the the thankfulness and the forgiveness that we have in that right. gospel. And I think that when we come with our theological baggage, the overflow is so much less because mm. it's encumbered by all of that baggage. That yeah. baggage is kind of stuffing it all down, and and there's no overflow of it because we're so focused on how we were taught wrongly or any of that kind of stuff, whereas if we can just really grasp the truth of the gospel and let that wash over us and then respond accordingly, I yeah. think that then it doesn't feel so works-based because I want to do these things. I want to do these things because I understand what has been done for me. And our baggage inhibits that. Right. Yeah, for sure. That was great. And I think we could all say uh, we have we all have buzzwords, but your buzzword isn't my buzzword. Right. Right. And right. so if Sean says work or effort or like if there's certain things that he, right. he says, that may be a buzzword for you based off of your particular background, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that that's Sean's buzzword with all the definite... You, you can't import your definition your context, onto yeah. uh, the, the person that's preaching or teaching yeah. or whatnot. And so you need to... There, there, it takes some effort as a listener to work through with the pastor that's preaching he's, as he's opening God's word and hopefully rightly dividing God's right. word. And Sean said, you know, there can be times where we have these, uh, we don't articulate as clear as we want. And certainly yep. there can be times where we're wrong. And yep. um, But if a pastor is opening the word and rightly um, dividing the word of God as a listener, I have a job to make sure that I'm understanding what the pastor is communicating right. what his his perspective is on what he's saying, and not import what my perspective is, and throw and throw that onto him, yeah. and then come away with what can be some wrong conclusions 
about what I just heard preached. Right. Um, yeah, by all means, test the word that the pastor is is expounding on. By all means, but we should never be so um, test-minded that we are waiting for the buzzwords, because I think that's what we can do from time to time, especially as we've talked about in the recent months, when something culturally significant happens, and I'm using air quotes and culturally significant, like when something big happens in the culture, we want our pastors or someone, we want them to comment on it. Like when uh, Brad and Angelina broke up. Yeah, exactly. And if you don't comment on it, or you don't do it in the way that we would want, oftentimes what we're doing is we're just sitting and waiting for the buzzwords to happen rather than, like you're saying, letting the Lord speak to us through his preached word. Or the omission of the buzzword. Yeah, exactly. They don't say what I want them to say. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it can come either way. And and so one of the things that I I saw uh, in seminary, and Bethany can, and and Sean can probably attest to this, but I know Bethany can because we were at the same place, but... The, the danger that I saw there was uh, people that were learning and studying God's Word, uh, which was good, and the Lord was using it to change them, but some of their initial reactions were to constantly judge any mm. teacher or preacher that's right. handling God's Word. And so there, when God's Word should be humbling us, it also, knowledge, the un- unspiritual part, the knowledge can puff up, right? Yeah. And so... We have to be aware that that yeah. knowledge can puff us up, and and what the Lord intends for good, Satan can begin to distort in us, and so we don't <laughs> need to have blind spots to that. And yeah. so, uh, and so, I hope that even if I'm, I'm listening to somebody within, somebody without, that maybe I I may not see eye to eye on everything. There's something that the Lord can use through the preaching of His Word to, that I need to hear that that the Lord will use to change me and, yeah. and conform Amen. me. And so I, I want to submit myself to the word of God in that way. Yeah. I think well. starting off the Lord's prayer with our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. It also gives us where should the focus of our attention be in this. And even just listening to you about seminary, you know, and thinking through some of those things is that if our life is changed by a pastor's sermon, Sometimes then we make him the authority. Absolutely. And we forget that we started off this prayer with the authority is our father who art in heaven. And it's just easy for us as humans to get lost in holding someone in high esteem because their words were the words that God used to transform our lives. And then every other person is under the scrutiny of that. And and we don't go back to scripture, which is what is the really truth. That's a good one. Absolutely. We're going to take a break, break real time. quick. And we'll be right back after this announcement. If you're looking to get to know more about Coastal or start the process of membership, this Saturday at 6 p.m. is our We Are Coastal class. Food and child care is provided and will go till 8 p.m. And we're back. Whew. I was waiting for you to do that again. I feel like I have to. I feel like I need to act like we went somewhere. Well, you don't have to say anything. Otherwise, I feel like we're lying. Man, My I... podcast seat just got threatened during the break. That I'm, oh, did I'm, it? Ru- I'm ruining it for everyone. The comic relief. It's a good time at Chick-fil-A we all just had. <laughs> all right, the next question is, uh, is there a difference between guilt and shame? If so, how do you know the difference? Also, we'll try to not make this podcast as long as last week. Sorry, guys. 
Um, so once again, the question is: there is there a difference between guilt that was and shame? A two minute warning from Joel. If so, how do you know the difference? <laughs> Joey, would you like to comment on that? Oh, thanks. <laughs> um. So. Yeah, so there's some similarities, for sure. But, so we're guilty before God. Um, and so we need to feel the weight of that when we aren't in Christ. We should feel the weight of that in Christ to, as we contemplate how grateful we should be that uh, God gave us what we did not deserve. And uh, and so um, so we should recognize that we're... We're a guilty people who have been absolved of guilt through Jesus Christ. Uh, we sure, certainly should see our guilt when we transgress against God, even at, you know, as, as believers when we transgress against other people. Uh, and then there's this idea of shame. Um, we could give some synonyms for that, right? Uh, this maybe embarrassment, this um, uh, uh, I'm ashamed of what, I've done type right. type deal, right. and and I think there is both healthy and unhealthy aspects of that, um, and so the unhealthy aspects lead us to uh, self pity, lead us into depression, lead us right. into wallowing, uh, kind of being defeated, purposeless, uh, and it can manifest itself in many ways. I want to sleep a lot. I want to eat a lot. I want to. Uh, I don't have the energy to go to work. I don't right. like it can manifest itself in all kinds of different ways. Or I'm going to binge in this immoral lifestyle because I've already messed up. Why not? You know, right, right. Really, really mess up. Um, and so that's unhealthy part of uh, shame. Right. That's a shame that that doesn't have any movement. Uh, healthy shame has movement because we slide past it. It's shame in the sense of. I realize that what I've done is shameful, but I also see that Christ died for me, right. past, present, and future. And thank God, I, I can, um, I can, I can move and see Jesus as being my sufficient Savior. And by God's grace, I can repent of this and I can move past it. And so, so the, I would say the difference between. Worldly shame, godly shame is worldly shame sticks, stays around. And and sometimes there's people that get that confused. So we have people in the local church that uh, they can't let go of that. They just stay stuck there. And, and they think that that's healthy. They think that they need to feel that constantly uh, because what they've done is so grievous or is so gross or whatever the case may be. Uh, that's from the devil. That's from the accuser. That's not from the Lord. Uh, if it were uh, from the Lord, it would point you toward, uh, it, it would take your focus off of yourself and your wallowing and your self-pity, and it would put your focus on God and the gospel. And so uh, so we need to make sure we can discern which of those that uh, we're exhibiting in our lives. I don't know if you guys have anything you want to say or add or disagree with. I think sometimes the shame that you've categorized as worldly shame, the one that you get stuck in, is rooted in a lack of truth because I'm shamed because I'm believing something that is not true. Right. Whereas the shame that would be more of uh, uh, pushing us towards godliness 
is a shame that acknowledges the truth, is that, yes, I am a sinner. Yes, I need a Savior, and that is Jesus Christ. And so then we can actually move forward because Scripture says that the truth will set us free. Right. And so we stay captured in our shame because we're not listening to the truth. We're listening to what the world would sell us. And, um, and I believe that when we have the conviction of the Holy Spirit, we feel a guilt that leads to this shame that produces, like you said, movement. Um, whereas the shame of the world may be riddled with guilt, but you never get to that point because you're always putting it off on something else. Right. I'm ashamed because of what this person said or what this person did, and, and there's not this understanding of the truth. And godly shame and guilt probably are a lot more similar than mm-hmm. right. we think. They probably right. cross over a lot more. John? Well, I think I'm I'm processing on a little bit of a different track that sometimes in these questions we're we're dealing with tensions, okay? So so there's a guilt and shame that paralyzes and there's a guilt and shame that motivates. Right. And um and so I think so even as I think as I'm addressing this question with the previous comment, mm-hmm. my experience has been the church I grew up in had a certain culture to it that some of it I agree with, some of it I reject, but my rejection then, every time someone tends to hit on that, and that might be a, a culture that I still need pieces of, I overreact. And then every time this is said, and there's, and, and so we have to learn to deal with these scriptural tensions in a in a healthy way. Right. Um, in our mind, I think, and I think that's where wisdom comes in. Wisdom tells you which truth to lean into at the time. It's not that they're separate truths or even combating truth. They're right. tension truths that we know where to lean in order to rightfully preach the gospel to our heart to know the freedom of that truth. Yeah. And so <clears throat> that's what I was com- kind of processing as you guys yeah. were talking, you know, is in, in co- kind of factoring the last comment and. And and some and so anyway, I've I've overreacted, you know, to to things, sermons mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, man, man I didn't, I disagree with that. And 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 in hindsight, you know, maybe, you know, I some of that is even my own overreaction to a culture I grew up in right, or something that bias. I now I'm like, man, yeah, my own biases that I have to to process. So, mm. um, and that's where I think a heart of humility and teachability comes in when. My family first came to Coastal. Joey actually preached a sermon that I left, and I'm like, seriously, if that's really what he believes, I'm leaving this church. I think I remember that sermon. I just could not swallow it, you know, because it pushed all the buttons of the church I had just come from Mm. that I was just pushing against. And so I set up an appointment with him, and we sat down and talked. What I was about to say (laughs) is you scheduled to meet with me about it, which doesn't happen a lot. No. I mean, people don't do that. Very true. So we talked it through, and what what it did was it helped me then to even broader my view to think, okay, this is a person who God has chosen to to teach here, mm. and he loves the scripture. He's not trying to teach things that are not right. scriptural. There's no agenda. So, yeah. So how can I be teachable in this? How mm. can I learn through this? And where Joey and I probably still don't see a hundred percent eye to eye. I think that both of us had an opportunity to really just grow through that. Yeah. And so that's the important attitude. Yeah, that's huge. 
Uh, I think that's I think that's probably one of the biggest things you could say is the teachability is going to be a determining factor in how you interpret what is what is preached on a Sunday morning. I mean, you, I'm, all of us have been in a part of been mentoring and discipleship relationships where we have like been discipling someone and their immediate responses are like, no, no, no. I mean, Joey was Joey and Sean used to disciple me and after the stuff Joey would say to me, I'd be like, no, no. And then now. I look back, I'm like, why was I so stupid not even to believe that? You know, the same situation that you had with Joey where you're just kind of like, why, how am I, how can I be teachable? I think I finally convinced her that Jesus is coming back. She didn't, I, you that was one, that was the hot button. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was her buzzword. <laughs> uh, and I think the other thing I would just add is um, when I think about guilt and shame, I think about definitions, like I think about guilt being a legal definition and shame being like a response or a state of being um, as a result, and so, so I think about guilt. Like, okay, guilt. Like, I think I immediately go to what? What am I guilty of? What legally am I guilty of? And we know that's the penalty of sin. But shame is that response. Shame is our response to our state. But what's what's funny is we're not guilty in light of the cross now because what Christ has done. And so our shame should be godly shame to our sin. But if we think we're still guilty in light of the cross, then yeah, we're gonna have worldly shame. I think that's so. I think that that's how that's where my mind well went. That is yeah. good. You no. should ask the questions and just answer them. I'm, I can't. <laughs> I'm just the <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we're gonna take another break, and then we're gonna go to the book resource. And we're back. Just got back from Hardee's. Yeah? What'd you get? A burger. A burger. I don't, I've never eaten at Hardee's, I don't think. <laughs> <You've> never <laughs> eaten. No. So when I was in middle Say school. Biscuit. I got a biscuit there. I got a biscuit. Like they have, biscuits. like, they, they promote, like, big things, like big burgers or well, big no, breakfasts. Biscuits are their thing. No, they used to. The big bag, right? Isn't that kind of their thing? Their thick no, burgers used to be their thing. I got, when yeah. I was in middle school, I got the weird. biggest thick burger you could get, which was like a half a pound of meat or something. It was, it was huge. And then I got, like, a large fry and a large soda, and my youth leader said, if you eat this all... I'll pay for this, and I did. That's a good story. <laughs> he doesn't. He didn't know you very well because you can eat. No, not anymore. I could not do that now. That would whatever. I would throw up. Well, you only weigh a buck thirty, so yeah, you're right. Yep, I'm barely pushing one hundred. I remember the time you and I went out to breakfast when you were in college. Oh, here we and go. And I said, you "Joe, I'll get you some breakfast. Get something." And he proceeded to order like three or four bagels. To which order. I'm like, no, you, when someone offers to order you breakfast, you get one thing. You, and it's got to be the cheapest thing. <laughs> that doesn't have to be the cheapest no, that's thing. The unspoken but rule, man. No, it's, the I thought the unspoken rule. So I, I, coach, to pay, you, so I had to coach you up at 18 thing. when you were like, no, that's not what you do, first. Joel. Let them order first and then you do like I thought the, the rule of thumb. <laughs> you just thought he went. I'll take a bagel with cream cheese. I'll take an egg sandwich. And it kept going. And I'm like, give me a doggy bag when I leave. Yeah. Whatever. That aside, I was, I thought that's a little little bit of an exaggeration. Just, do it. Just go with the book. Just do it. <laughs> He's slandering you. Now. What's the book? <laughs> He's slandering. So what are we doing in this segment? We're, we're supposed to be talking about a book right now. <laughs> so here's the book I want to recommend. Um, but in light of this past week's sermon, in light of even some of the questions that we've received, um, this is a book that I think is, I think is fantastic. It's called The Gospel Mystery of Sanctification. Uh, Growing in Holiness by Living in Union with Christ. And it's by Walter Marshall, 
Uh, but what you want to do is get uh, the version that's put into modern English by a guy named Bruce McRae, and you can get that on Amazon um, for a few bucks. But the uh, it, it he uh, Walter Marshall does a great job at making sure that we connect our sanctification with the truth that we're positionally right with the Lord, mm. and uh, and so he he's able to write a book on sanctification that speaks to people. Because, again, we're extreme people, but he speaks to people that fall on either side of the ditch. Right. Um, and so it's workspace salvation, or uh, there's we don't need to effort to do anything. And so right. he speaks directly to that by providing, I think, a biblical perspective on sanctification. And so it uh, has had a, a tremendous impact on my thinking, um, and it's uh, just a great book. So that's Sweet. what I recommend. So it great. is the modern English version by... Walter, Walter Marshall, Marshall. Uh, and the guy who translated it into modern English is Bruce McRae. Bruce McRae, and the title of the book is The Gospel Mystery of Sanctification. And so, and the subtitle is Growing in Holiness Through Our Union with Christ. Sweet deal. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Sorry it was long again. Hope you guys have a great week. Bye. Uh,